The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. I know many of you have had it with all the home cooking. You check out the fridge and the cupboards, but nothing looks good and you're just not feeling it. So that's when you head to your local co-op for their amazing deli. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and at Lake Wins, the deli makes everything from scratch so you don't have to. They're stocked up on delicious, nutritious, easy meals that are ready for you and your family when you don't want to cook. They've got nutritious salads, sandwiches, and wraps to go, take-and-heat meals like pot pies, quiches, and salmon, and there are even scratch-made meals from the deli in the frozen aisle. Things like frozen entrees, pizzas, soups, spinach pie, these are all ready for you to put in the freezer on the nights when you're not motivated to cook. And you know these meals meet Lake Wind standards, right? So no artificial colors or flavors, no high fructose corn syrup or hydrogenated oils, and the meat's ingredients have no nitrates, added hormones, or antibiotics. If you can't make it to Lake Winds, visit your neighborhood co-op, but the Lake Winds that I shop are in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield. Find out more about all of the items that you can find at your Lake Winds food co-op at lakewinds.com. Welcome to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And I have to tell you guys, I have my first latte in my hands for that's probably been two months since I've had a latte. That's a great feeling. <laughs> I'm just reaching the microphone. You are. There. Sorry if you're getting a little. Yeah. yeah. Someone last weekend was like, there's a lot of popping on the P sounds there's on the microphone. Popping. popping. It's the popping sound. I would like to tell you. Yeah, we have like these styrofoam balls that go over the microphones. Just those big, you know, those big like puffy looking things that you see on all the, you know, on the, every movie and every, you know, thing. And we don't have like an individual. I'm going to put the little microphone cover on today, but I just bleached it. So, OK, we don't have like individual ones per person, which is probably what we should have and carry them like we carry our headphones. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was like, they, it's really? just, in it's a, a little bit tough, Come but on, they don't people. know. We're doing the best we can, but they don't know. They I don't know. know. So now, you know, and knowing is half the battle. All right, gang, we're going to do this. We're going to start it and then we're going to clear okay, ourselves. I, I want to get a moment of collection on your coffee. That's like the only thing I've been spending my money on because oh. normally I wouldn't buy coffee. Yeah, I don't. I was like, oh, I work from home now. I have been buying coffee like three times a week okay. going and picking up my drive through coffee. Yeah. And then groceries. And that coffee feels like heaven of normal. I uh, I just, I you know, I brew my own coffee every morning, which I have every time, I, you know, before in the before. Sure. I would drive We're down. We're going to call it in the before. In the before. I had, I would make my coffee and then I would get in my car and go to work. And so I've, usually a latte for me was like an afternoon thing, like Allie Kaplan or, you know, yeah, we would be like, like hey, do you break. need to go get a run, you know, a caribou run? And we're like, yeah, so we'd go. And that's when I would get a latte. But so this morning I literally didn't have any coffee in the house. You know, I booted it to caribou. I got it and I was sitting there holding it and I was waiting until I was driving by Ridgedale and I smelled it. I took a sip and I was like, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> there are those small joys and I feel like that's how, and, and quite honestly, this leads perfectly into the fact that think of how much you're going to love the State Fair in 2021. <laughs> We are going to appreciate it in a much different way. 2021 State Fair 
is going to be an epic moment because, of course, as you've heard, I'm sure the 2020 State Fair has been canceled. I don't think I broke that news for anybody right now. No, but that was, was the a... biggest news shared, I think, of all time. Okay, not all time. It was like one person was like, "Didn't we already know this?" I know. It's like, well, we had an we inkling, thought. we anticipated, yeah, but. We now officially know, and it's just one more line of summer sadness. <laughs> I I was struggling. Yesterday. I know you I'm were struggling. Admit, and I don't want to, you know, belittle that or, or minimize that because I think everybody has to have their grief. I think you have to mourn it. I think you have to mourn it. I think for me, summer has never been about when people are like summer's canceled. I'm like, I'm actually pretty psyched about summer, like that I don't have to go to so uh, so many like not like event events. Obviously, I would have loved to have the option to do live concerts and do this kind of stuff. But for me, it's more of like, I know that I can just kind of have a relaxing summer. I don't know. I feel okay with that. I don't think it's been canceled for me. I think it's funny because you are someone that would do like 22 things in a day to get it all in. Yeah. And I do feel and understand that release of all that pressure that I think a lot of families are feeling without sports. Yep. I'm kind of feeling like, well, I guess I'll just spend more time at the cabin. Yeah. My garden's like amazing. It's Good. already plant like my both my gardens just look like that's all I've done. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Which is fine. Which is fine. It, and so I get that as the like whiplash to all of that. I I think I'm still it's not that I'm struggling. I I just have so much empathy for the business owners. And that part I can't Oh, just yeah. get positive about. You know what I mean? Because Yeah, no, and I'm only speaking personally, I guess. When I course. say that when people say like summer is canceled, I feel like I feel like I, I get I'd be like, no, it's not. Like because summer actually is gonna happen. Like and that's and the thing happening. that Minnesotans need more than anything. Summer. Yeah, we need to get outside. We need to enjoy our outside spaces. No, I everybody's processing in their own totally. way. I don't totally. want to like shame totally. anyone's grief no, no, or no. anger or positivity. Nope. Cause it ne- I need all of it at yeah. different times. So let's, let's get to the state fair, which obviously if you guys, I just want to encourage you to really, really, if you at all have, you know, sort of even like a little bit of sourness or at all sort of feelings about it. Sad is good. Sour. You should read what they wrote about the question and answers page about why they gave you all the reasons. And it is wonderfully articulated and about the flow of business and what has to happen in order to get this. He called it a month. I think he called it a mammoth uh, undertaking anyway. And then to not have everything in the world be able to line up to make that happen. It's an impossibility. As someone who produces events, it was very telling how people think this comes together. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, like, just do it. Someone called me actually and was like, hey, you know, since the state fair is not happening, can we do like a mini state fair in our parking lot? And like, we can have vendors. And I was like, I don't think you understand here why the state fair isn't happening. It's not because they don't want to do it. These events require sanitation, contact tracing, bathrooms, security. I mean, you have an open floor plan, basically. Mm -hmm. There's no way to socially distance. People are, there's a 25-page document I read about how to have an event right now. I know. It's going to happen. You know, people are going to get some pickles out of the jar. Stuff's going to happen. I'm working on some stuff. Yep. But 
you know, it's not like, oh, because the state fair is not happening, we can just have a pop-up stand and have a thousand cars drive through to get mini donuts. Nope. Sorry, nope. folks. That's not how this is going to work. Well, so many people want to do that. They're like, well, just have it be drive through I'm like, this is not how this goes. No, you're still amassing people. There's still sanitation. There's still trash. I love the ingenuity and stuff will come up and yeah. it's great. And yeah. believe me, I'm working on it. Yeah. Like, I am reading these documents to a T to figure out. But there, there are professionals in the event business that this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure out how we can continue to move forward in a safe way. And it's an industry. It's it is an business. industry. It's just, not like you just pop up your 10 by 10 on the corner. Well, and that's the problem is a lot of people have already, you know, when people have pop-ups and they do, you know, there's guerrilla events, of course, all over the place. People do sudden things. But that's also not the world we're in anymore. Like, no, you can't you even like can't. do a graduation drive up or drive right. through without getting admonished. You know? Yeah, there has to be process. And that's what, you know, the state fair is one of those things that besides the fact of the two million people that were potentially coming, I mean, even that the scale is you know the first and foremost thing, but then it's all the other things and the county fairs and everything else that are canceled. How, you know, then the kids and the 4-H and then growing things that are, are not growing things. Yeah, and- I didn't realize like the whole food aspect yeah. of instability in the food chain. Yes, and like, have you started making your beer yet? Yeah. And all the things that need to happen, like to go and cups and yeah. things that are, the whole restaurant business has gone to this combustible. Paper model, right? Compostable. Compostable, thank you. Not combustible. <laughs> Paper model. So even things like, Wait, I like clam it. shells and stuff are yeah. in demand. Yeah. So, right. all Everything has turned and switched, and now there's people who are having to, our favorite word of 2020, pivot. pivot. Uh, they are having to do things that they that are outside of their norm, and they're trying really. And some places are, are responding, but a lot of places are just at a loss for things. And so, you know, and the idea of like knowing that like we have to. I mean, I think about the corn roast guy, right? Yeah. How do you plan or how do you plan for that much corn? You know, two hundred fifty thousand pieces of corn, and then how do you plan for that? Like now. Like, you have yep. to know now. They can't, like, decide. He plants it. They go. And then they go, oh, by the way, no. And not to mention, and I just want to keep saying this, workers, people. Yeah. Like, you are going to ask the these high school kids to work on the front lines to be in contact with all these people they don't know. Like, that's not going to be a job that someone's going to want to do for their $11 an hour. Can you also imagine, by the way, the how... Everything would be slowed down. Let's be clear on how, because of new process, everything is going to get, you know, there's going to have to be more checks and balances within the movement of one person peeling a potato, putting it, cutting it, getting it into the fryer, putting it into Absolutely. a cup. Like the, the that whole process has to change for safety regulations. And when that happens, how long would that French fry line be? I have no I idea. Mean, can and you you'd imagine? have it be six feet apart, like the Nordic yeah. waffle line. Oh my if you God. spaced it out six feet, it could string through the entire length of the fair. It could. It so could. So I do hope, you know, a lot of people, I, I felt like I put on the Facebook, what's your favorite? Let's just get it out there. Let's just, you know, feel yep. feel the pain and the sadness and what's your worst, you know, what's your favorite memory? What are the things that you're going to miss the most? Um, 
You know, I put a bunch of photos on my stories last night. I did too night. after you did because yeah. I watched yours and I got all nostalgic. So then I did the copied you. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I, the thing that I'll miss the most obviously is podcast on a stick, which was our, you know, little, but here's the best news, you guys. There's two seasons for you to listen to. And it is super fun. And they're really good. I thought so too. I know. And I just thought about like, we're going to be able to give that back to people. Yeah. We'll launch it. And have people feel it and kind of dip in. It's almost as if they're going to be there. I'm going to, I'm excited for that part. Part of it um i'm glad we have that in i the am can. too yeah we can do some something neat with it maybe. yeah and i do think that we will you know when we get closer to stay fair i know a lot of restaurants have already talked about like hey if everything's if we're all still here <laughs> that they are like you know they'll do like stay fair specials they'll be every people will have corn yep. dogs they'll have you know cheese curds on their menu they'll do a lot of that for everybody so i think we'll be able to find little bits of it i'm hoping i'm wishing like someone will give carla the gizmo stand you know in put it in her restaurant so or that so that she can do I something about with that it. but that leads us to i think the next segment it does <laughs> which is so we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back i got a lot of feels Whew, coming up there's too. a lot of feels you guys i'm just saying today is a feels full day but i have tons of recipes to but there's also react. rhubarb so we we will be right back. This is a weekly dish on my talk 1071. <laughs> Welcome back to Weekly Dish, you guys. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Stephanie Hansen. Yeah. We are uh we are here on uh I haven't given the weather report. Wait a minute. What is What's this? happening? I don't even know because you know why? The weather's weird. It's like warm and drizzly. I don't like warm and drizzly. I like cold and drizzly. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's not right. I'm Seattle. I don't want it's I don't want New Orleans. I don't want New Orleans. I want Seattle. I'm fine with New Orleans. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, we are going to chat a little bit about the other stuff that's going on in the world today or in the Twin Cities today, as far as restaurants go, because um, today would be a bad day for a patio situation. Right. Okay. Can we (laughs) there's a little inside baseball here that I think we need to clear the decks on. Okay. We all in the restaurant side of things had this idea that we were going to have some sort of capacity on June 1. Probably 25% in restaurant capacity. Some people were optimistic and thinking it was 50. People were ordering stuff and kind of getting ready. And then the announcement that you could have patio only and a limit of 50. 50 people max on your patio. And reservation system, which I don't think people understand that you would pay someone. I mean, having a reservation system is challenging, but there's software to do it. And they want you to contact trace everyone, which is why they're having it. It was sort of like saying, go ahead, get creative, open, but we know that you really can't open or that for most people, this will be so challenging that you'll just be waiting another couple of weeks and that'll give us time. They locked a box. Yeah. They locked a box and said, get out of it. Just try. And that was a tough thing. I think the biggest part of it is the fact that um, they, I think that. I think it was the communication, quite honestly. And if you, I, I did put the post that I wrote on our uh, Facebook page. I read it. It was thoughtful. And and the thing is, is that, I, and to, to start it out, this discussion is that I don't have, I, I continually flip back and forth. I get, you know, I understand this is not an easy decision. This is not putting myself in the governor's shoes. Not for a gajillion dollars Mm-mm. would I do it. But I do think that they could have done a better job of communicating it. Um, 
And so I think one of the things, if we actually backtrack just to patio, the 50, you know, again, restaurants were expecting and had been having discussions with the governor's team that there would be a capacity sort of uh, metric. The capacity metric has been something that has been used across the country. Everyone's been watching it. Some And there are different numbers. Some open at 25%. Some have been doing 50. Some have 33% randomly. Um, so I think it's been interesting to watch. Um, and then they thought that. They were thinking that that was how it was going to go. And then to come... And Illinois just did the same thing as the, our governor did, which is to say patio only and f- limited to 50. Now, the problem, of course, is like Surly, like I said, Surly and like, uh, I mean, I talked to the guy, Lord Frost, Fletcher's. Lord Fletcher's. Yeah, they're like, this is like, we can pe- keep people six feet apart and do way more than 50 people. And that's the hard part is because it's sort of like, if you're trying to throw a lifeline, that's not a lifeline. What are you doing? These arbitrary, what seem like arbitrary rules... And I would apply this to the church discussion, too, that's so hotly debated and going on right now. You know, we had a conversation, no matter where you put that flag in the sand and you start to build the model around it, there's exceptions to every rule. There are situations that would work better here, not so good there. I do feel like he's in an untenable situation. I I was disappointed that he then threw it to the municipalities like, hey, get creative with your city people, because right away, restaurateurs started calling their city folks and their licensing folks. And they were like, oh, nope, sorry, we're not going to let you serve alcohol. Like, oh, you have a tent. Well, you're going to have to get a tent permit. I think that's the tent guy all of a sudden is like, whoop, I'm jacking up the prices on my tents because every graduation I had booked is canceled. Yep. It's just. It's got a lot of tentacles, and I really feel for people. That's all I just want to say is I feel for everyone trying to do this in a thoughtful way. And there's a lot of, I think the harder part, too, is that, and maybe I'm, I mean, you would think that I would have the resources since I'm the one writing and reporting on it. I had to send so many emails to ask questions because these aren't written out anywhere. No, I've been, I trying asked to find you, it. I was yeah. like, I'm trying to find this document that they say exists. I can't find it. And then I sent you going, I don't know, look through this thing or then look through this thing because I can't. Can't, I don't have the time to go through these 17 pages. Yeah. So I, I mean, I would, it would have been great to say, cause I had really the idea that he, he created a task force, a hospitality task force um, to then, you know, sort of understand the system and that the twin cities restaurant group and hospitality, Minnesota were part, we're having discussions at the table that, and then to not come out to have it be so confusing still is to me, that was a misstep on everybody's part, quite honestly. Um, and to be clear, um, again, I, I'm not one of those people who's going to sign a recall walls petition because of this. And I'm not going to, I mean, I, leadership is tough and they're going to make mistakes. I'm hoping that they can do it, you know, that we can all find a way forward. So as we move forward, what was interesting about the discussion I thought was the second two phases that they laid out. So we're in phase two of the turning up the dial, stay safe, Minnesota. Yeah. They outlined phase three and phase four. Phase three looks like maybe we'll get to some percentage of in-person dining inside a restaurant. Oh, yeah. And then stage four, maybe a little bit more. And then looking at some outdoor larger activities. In your estimation, and I know these are just guesses, those two phases seemed far away to me. See, and not for me. I have, okay, I have you, the other feeling. So because, you think it's going to go sooner? Yeah, I think June 15th. I think we're going two weeks again. Like, if you think about it, it was two weeks, you know, between like May 18th and June 1st, technically. You yeah. know what I mean? And I know that there are like f- 
it takes three weeks, 14 to 21 days to see the impacts of one of these moves. If right. there's hot spots, if there's things bouncing up. So, and I think that's, I think quite honestly, my theory is that because bef- the day of the announcement, I had been uh, talking with different hospitality people and I had a couple people who were in some higher echelons of who have friends in high places, yeah, shall we say. in the meetings. Yeah. And they had said June 15th, they're like, it'll come on June 13th. We'll, we'll get or 13th or 15th. It's either that Friday or Monday. They're like, that's when it'll happen. So that's what I was hope. That's what I was set at. And then June one came out, and I was like, weird. That's earlier than I thought. Like it seemed like that was a strange. And it's move. all a communication thing. If they would have just said June fifteenth, exactly. In the meantime, they could have made it better. You know, but they're trying to assuage, yeah, the outstate, and then they kind of. It's like here, have a cookie, but it's an oatmeal raisin cookie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to describe it, stuff. <laughs> oh, and by the way, wear your mask. Wear your mask. But quickly, the understanding of the fact that I think that the weird. The weirdest part for me is that they I feel like people think that it's just like that's what it is like now like we're we're only going to ever be at 50%. I really think it's a 2 week window. I think it, they're going to go or they're going to go from patio only and in the middle of June they're going to move to the to having it be mid capacity. And so I kind of want to say hold on but of course everyone's so angry they're throwing things like well I don't trust anything now and like you know they're going to just pull it back and I don't know for sure but all I'm saying is that there seems to be a progression other than if we get a giant spike and then no one's coming out anyway if we get a giant spike they're well, not and that's coming. the part that nobody talked about which is this the anxiety and the fear of the in-person diner 70 percent of people roughly are still saying yeah I'm not yeah. gonna go into a restaurant I'm gonna do curbside I know um, the contract tracing thing to me was interesting as far as having a reservations because like we were saying, it's too hard. I do think that they, I think you can have a walk up if you have someone standing there and taking names. Potentially. You know, and I'm hoping that that's the kind of thing we can move to is understanding and massaging these rules to make them fit the restaurants and possibilities. All right, there you go, you guys. That is just the idea of what's happening with that patio plan. And at um, the end of this hour, we always take calls, 651-641-1071 in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. If you want to weigh in on this, you're certainly welcome to. For sure. We're going to chat about rhubarb. We're also going to talk about morel. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I'm Stephanie March. And <laughs> you just opened the show again. <laughs> well, I just said good morning. It's pleasant. It's just funny because it's always like, boom, and here we are again. It's pleasantries. It is pleasantries. Um, I've been thinking about, well, first of all, I do feel like I need to tell you all, I did go to Ely. I went to the cabin. I got the cabins open Yeah, in advance of the Memorial Day weekend. Someone was giving me grief about opening and the governor said, you're not supposed to go. Just what? rest assured people. I'm pretty much in the woods and I have one cabin on an island. So yep. no one is getting to the island and I'm not hurting anybody there. In any case, I have planted... The garden because I did the 10 day forecast and this is pretty early, but it looked pretty good. There was no freezing. So I was like, all right, I'm feeling good about this. I lost some of my asparagus for the freeze because of the freeze down here. You know, you did. Mm -hmm. They had grown up and then all of a sudden there was like bloop and it was just like they were. And it's like I I was hoping to get some thicker, tall ones. So I was letting them go and they just it was like last week or two a week and a half ago. I think I'm in asparagus. Um. I, I need to discuss asparagus with you okay. because I have some. I got them. I they've grown that. like one of them is two feet tall, but yeah. just one. Oh, yeah. No. Where and is, it's, is it super skinny? No, it's kind of fat, actually. Oh, mine. Mine that get like so tall, they get like. Ooh. Do you just let them do that? Well, like, can I also I eat, am not paying attention. Mostly. I've heard I can eat some of them. You can eat any of them. But that I'm only in year two. Like, oh, aren't I supposed oh, to I wait see what you're to, saying. 
Yeah. You do want them to keep, yeah, you want them to kind of grow and sprout and like spread some more stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So they were like, you could eat half, but it is very exciting to see that phallic little asparagus popping out of the ground. It's ready to go. Oh, it just feels so good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I started tomatoes from seeds. So those are all in the ground. I was going to bring you tomatoes, but I think I gave them all away. Well, I didn't bring you rhubarb and who even knows how that's all going to go. Um, so anyway, yeah, all of the seeds are in and everything's going. It's very exciting. It's kind of a bummer that it is so soggy this weekend because this is what, I mean, like this is when I was going to get out there and do a bunch of stuff and I'm like, oh, it's going to be real rough. Oh, you got some time. Um, the rhubarb up at the cabin is still really small. Oh, really? It's, yeah. It's Mine just, is out of control. I know. And so I've been thinking about rhubarb and I have been seeing rhubarb in the farmer's market and at the stores. Yeah. I just want to talk about rhubarb. Okay. Rhubarb is a weird thing because some people are like, oh my God, I have no idea what to do with this giant thing. And it gets this big white flower and the stalks of rhubarb you pull and you can eat them. You can eat them just by dipping them in sugar or you can cook with them. Yes. And it is kind of a Minnesota Northern thing <laughs> and it is something to treasure, not to overlook. If you have rhubarb in your yard, I feel like it's your job to either find someone to do something with that for you or to do it yourself. And since we're baking bread, I'm going to give you some rhubarb ideas because it's easy. Number one simplest idea is to make like what's called a rhubarb compote, which is just cooking, cutting the rhubarb into chunks, cooking it down with sugar and water and making like a chunky syrup. Yeah. Then what I do with that chunky syrup is I put it in a um, strainer and I push it through the strainer so I get the solids and the syrup and I use that syrup for drinks. Yes. And that syrup. That is what I count on from you. It's fantastic. Yeah. If you want to get fancier, mm-hmm. you take that same drinky syrup that you just made and you add some kind of vinegar, whether it's red wine vinegar, balsamic vinegar, uh, apple cider vinegar. You could add lemon juice, but you're going to make like a shrub now. You're going to make a vinegary concoction mm-hmm. that's going to be a little tart, a little sweet with your rhubarb. Right. So that's the second. That's getting a little fancier. Yep. Then you take that compote the discarded solids, what I do with those is I then mix them with strawberries. Yeah. And then I cook that down kind of again. So now I have the tartness of the rhubarb that I've squeezed all that juice out of, but there's still flavor in there. Yeah. And I mix it with strawberries and I make like kind of a a compote, I guess is what you'd call it. And I use that on ice cream or I mix it into whipped cream and make like a fool. Or you can just have like granola on it or have it with your yogurt. It's delicious. Yeah. Yep. Then you get different. Now we're done with that rhubarb. We've okay, done all the done things with that. that. We've killed that We've rhubarb. Killed it's that. over. Now you are going to take your leftover rhubarb or more rhubarb and you're going to cut it. And you can either make a rhubarb custard pie, which there's something that happens with the rhubarb sugars and the sugar sugar and eggs. And it like makes a custard on the bottom of the pie. But like the rhubarb part itself kind of floats up to the top. Mm-hmm. It is a fantastic pie. Okay. And it's easy because you're not making custard. It makes its own custard within the pie. Does that make sense? I mean, kind of. Yeah. You don't like it because it's starchy. I'm just reading about this rhizome because it's a it's basically a rhizome and it is starchy. And so it's making its own custard in the pie. It's not like you're making a separate custard over here and then incorporating that into your pie. You put the filling, the rhubarb, the sugar, the stuff into your pie with the eggs and it makes its own custard in the pie. Wow. So that's fantastic. I never realized that that's how rhubarb custard pies went until I made one. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. I don't even have to make custard. That's crazy. It's my husband's favorite pie. 
I'm just, I was reading about, by the way, don't eat the leaves. Yes, I should tell you that. You have to pick the leaves off. The leaves are poisonous. They're huge and so pretty, and I love them, and I want to, like, you know, I go around and I sort of, like, flap them. But honestly, they are, yeah, they have high uh, levels of oxalic acid, so don't eat them. Which is funny, because we're always, like, you know, nose-to-tail eating and trying to use all the product and, like, carrot tops and everything else. Just, you get to throw these away. Also, don't just leave them on the ground. They're big enough. That yeah. they dry up, but like dogs like them oh. because they can smell the sugars in it. Um, so. Can I have a question for you? Yeah. Um, so everyone, they they tend to go sweet. Everyone goes sweet. I have it. a few savory ideas. Okay, because that's the thing that the only thing that I could possibly imagine doing is doing like a gingery compote that I might yeah. use with like pork or something like that. There's a lot of those recipes. Also mixing it with apple um, mm-hmm. I liked this. I have a recipe that uh, is going to be up on our weekly dish show page for a rhubarb salsa. Oh, so oh, it's tart. It's rhubarb. It's garlic. It's cucumbers. <gasps> it's soy sauce. What? Salt, honey, cilantro, lime juice, a little fish sauce. Oh, I am in. Yeah. So you can make like Where's a tart. Where's that from? Uh, Epicurious. It'll be on our Facebook okay. show page, so you can find it there. I was also thinking about like, yeah, I mean, if you could do something sort of um, soury with it, you yeah, know what I mean? Which is kind of what yeah. this is. It's a it's a tart salsa. Gosh. Then I Come do feel you. like I need to give the final. This is the final rhubarb thought. Okay. You see a lot of these almond cakes that have the rhubarb stalks laid in them. On Instagram, yeah. and I will say they look beautiful. We are about, we are going to now be inundated with the rhubarb world. Just yes. to be clear on the Instagrams, all of your cooking people will be rhubarbing. And they look beautiful. But, and I, and I've done, I, I've liked this idea. Like I thought, oh, I'm going to do this. But the truth is, those rhubarb stalks are fibrous. Fibrous. And if you just lay raw, thick stalks on the top of your beautiful almond cake, it's going to be like or any cake pulling out the stringy rhubarby hunky, not all the way fibrous material from your teeth. Right. That's Remember the good. New York Times put that picture up. I think they had it on a phyllo crust or something. Yep. But then they had all these stocks and they were just laid out and. Like we, there was plenty of people who actually use and cook and do rhubarb, you know, all the time. We, everyone had this reaction of like, what are you doing? Like, it was an like, Instagram worthy idea that doesn't it, it execute was gorgeous. well in reality. And all any of us could think was what a nightmare to actually eat. And I thought that was crazy. There I thought is, it was though, crazy. That almond cake, the rhubarb almond cake yeah. that I put a recipe up for it. One of my most successful recipes and most famous recipes that I make is an old Williams-Sonoma plum buckle recipe. And I have that on Stephanie's dish, too, if you're looking for it. It is um, something you can do with any fruit, though. So in fall, you can put apples, and you push the fruit onto the top of the cake before you bake it. Yeah. And then the cake kind of bakes up and around the fruit, and the fruit softens. But if you do it with rhubarb, you just end up with kind of a rhubarb-y, fiber-y mouthful. But it works with apples, it works with plums, it works with peaches, it works with rhubarbs, raspberries, strawberries. I'm only giggling because I have a total thought moment for you. What is it? I feel like you need to make um, a rhubarb focaccia with your little pretty designs. Is that what was happening? You yes. could totally make that in the cake. I, I mean, I, no, I but I want it. you to do a focaccia because I want savory because I'm all savory. I want you to do oh. like a weird rhubarb design, like maybe even do like the half moons and make some sort of a wicked like landscape or something. You could make like waves. Yeah. Ocean waves. Yeah. 
I'm totally down for that. I, you know, there's no reason that wouldn't work. But would rhubarb and bread be good? Rhubarb and cake, rhubarb and bread, same, same. One is savory, yeah, one is sweet. Like I would want to salt it. This is the thing. It's tangy and sour. Let's salt it. Yeah, people always sugar it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I just don't go that way. Like I, I definitely want salty first. I think for you, just drinks are where it's at. I know. Like just because there's nothing I, you more understand? beautiful than fresh rhubarb shrub or syrup with a little like super herbaceous delicious gin i just i can't punch my minnesota card on the rhubarb hole yet because i don't love it and master it and own it i don't because i can't so like i feel like i'll just take this for us no no no. but i mean i'm trying like i'm still on the journey is my point (laughs) because i think if rhubarb isn't your like if you're just like i don't know this thing this looks like a giant garden plant what am i gonna do with it if you're that person start the syrups and the shrubs yeah yeah i agree i agree but if you're someone who's like i hate it in most of like that other way i don't know i'm i'm opening my mind guys. i'm trying pick it and give it away which is what like apparently i think like i said there's gonna be a margin call on my rhubarb because i have overextended it i've been like oh yeah. come get some come get you some come gave get it some to me and then you took it away i know and now i'm not gonna be well, i'm worried I'm, people I'm, are gonna there's gonna be like a line and i'm gonna be like six feet apart people stocks. please approach the rhubarb Quietly and with a mask. The first thing we did when we bought a cabin on the land was planted rhubarb because yeah. it was the thing I missed the most from my old house because yeah. I would have a huge crop. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to take a yeah. picture and send it to you just to make it worse. Yeah, sad. Um, but you're, yeah, I will remember next week. Okay. I will. And I, I need to set an alarm before 820. I'm already in the car, dude. I'll call you for it. I'll, you you yeah, need to set I'll me an alarm you. at like 730. I did text you, but not till 830. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, do you want to know? We're going to talk about morels here, but. We got asparagus coming. Here's yeah. all the things I have. Asparagus, turnips, arugula, mustard greens, beans, uh, tomatoes, tomatillos, poblanos, peppers, uh, yellow neck, crook neck squash, zucchini squash, beets, Swiss chard. I think, oh. did I get it all? Wow. That's a lot. I got all of that coming. Woo! It's going to be the It's epic free food for you. <laughs> and it'll be free food for you because I'll be coming home all summer and bringing it to you. Amen. I'm in. I'm in because my garden is not... Shaping up. Yeah, no, we'll I, see. I'm on it. We'll see. Um, all right, you guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it will be the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So feel free to give us a call, 651-641-1071. Tell us your feelings, your thoughts, your rhubarb issues. We got it all. Your state fair laments. Your state we're fair laments. You. We're here. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Weekly Dish. Guess what? It's this Ask Stephanie portion of the show, which means you can give us a call, 651 641 1071. Uh, we will take your calls about rhubarb. We'll talk about the state fair. We will give you recommendations for takeout, whatever you need. We do have Sue on the line. Hi, Sue. Sue, what's going on? She's going to have to call back. I just lost her. Oh, we just oh, lost no, her. Sue, oh. come back, Sue. Yeah, she'll call back. She has a comment about savory rhubarb. So <gasps> hopefully she can help you out. Okay. Oh, I'm excited about great, this. I love great, I will great. take all of your savory rhubarb tips for sure. And 651 651- 641-1071 is the number to call. Um, we have a few here. Let's see. Okay. You got um, there is a rhubarb kale salad that our friend Barbara Lyons sent my way. So okay. I will get that posted. Um, Just so you know, we do have on the Facebook, the Weekly Dish Facebook question, uh, we have, uh, we wanted to let you know your state fair memory or your favorite thing, the thing you'll miss the most. And so we have a lot of people kind of ponying up there. Um, I love that Brenda says she'll miss the Jason show at the fair, the sky ride, sweet Martha's music at the liney stage. 
Uh, Brenda will miss the fair goers themselves. Oh, we got Sue back. Okay, Sue is back. What's up, Sue? Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Um, I agree with Ms. March about the savory rhubarb. Yay. My husband is diabetic, so I had to go on a huge hunt for savory stuff. Oh, what have you done? So I, found, I, I wrote it down. It just says, New York Times Online. So I found it back in 2017. Savory rhubarb sauce. And I'll just tell you, it's got stuff like you saute onions and garlic. Yum. And fresh thyme. Ooh. And jalapeno. Ooh. And then a whole bunch of rhubarb, so it's like three cups, white wine, salt, pepper, a little bit of honey, and it is so fabulous on chicken or pork. I thought you could put it on a white fish. Ooh. It's delicious. I am in for this, Sue. Yeah. We eat it by the spoonfuls. Oh, I'm going to make this tonight. Yeah. It's, oh, it's <laughs> fabulous. Everybody I've served it to, you know, and they can't figure out what's in it. What kind of sauce is this? Oh, my God. Dude, this is just awesome. So New York Times, which, of course, I am a member of like their food community, so I'm sure I'll be able to find it. Yeah. All right, I will post it if I make it, and it's awesome. Okay, great. Thanks, Thanks. Sue. I appreciate it. All right, we also have Tanya on the line. Hey, Tanya, what's going on today? Hey, I have chickens, okay. and um, they are way overproducing this spring, but um was thinking of a different kind of an egg salad recipe. Do oh. you guys have a good egg salad recipe? I love egg salad. Um so different than like kind of the heavily mayonnaise one? Well, maybe mayonnaise plus other things. Here's the here's my secret sauce for egg salad. It is called Salad Girl Sassy Slaw Dairy Free Dressing. It is at Kowalski's, it is at Lunds and Byerly's, and you can buy it online at saladgirl.com. It is a almost like a creamy Italian kind of feel. But it's dairy-free, and I use that in place of mayonnaise, or I'll use it with mayonnaise, or sometimes I'll just use it with lemon juice just to maybe make it like a little bit brighter with tons of fresh herbs. But there, that really makes a great alternative uh, egg salad that's just a little bit amped up. Okay, I just found one online because, wow, when you Google egg salad recipes, holy moly, it's the same egg salad recipe over and over again. Yeah, except curry, like curry egg salad. I do yeah. curry egg salad. But this one is interesting. This one has sun-dried tomatoes, and uh, it's got uh, Greek yogurt instead of mayonnaise. Yum. And a little parsley, a little horseradish, and Worcestershire sauce. I don't know. That looks great. All right, I'm going to have to do some grocery shopping. But... Yeah, I mean, right? But I think, like... And then there's the other thing is with, I don't know if you're looking only for egg salad, but the big thing to do is the conbi egg salad sandwich. Have you heard about this? Like where you kind of make the salad, but then you embed the egg in it. Like actually like a, like a, almost like a um, no. jammy egg also in the middle of no. it. That one's on New York Times and it's basically got a little bit of, um, it's got some creme fraiche and some rice wine vinegar in there. And it's got a little bit, it's a little bit more Japanese, but it's kind of interesting. I have a recipe on stephaniesdish.com for a five ingredient chicken salad. And it's chicken okay. breasts yeah. that are cut up with a lot of egg. So I hard boil lots of eggs and I use that as kind of the binder of the chicken salad. Yeah. Uh, some apples, some celery and uh, shallots and a little uh, mayo to tie it all together. Now, those I have. Yeah. yeah, that's another way to use up a lot of eggs. I make All that right, around I'll, Easter time. I'll look on there. All right, good luck with your chicken, Sonia.
overproducing chickens. I'm jealous. I was I very. <laughs> I had a very big twinge of jealousy for overproducing what? chickens. Overproducing I don't. Chicken? If there's too many eggs, my life is set. Like I feel like I am. Ra- I'm not rationing my eggs, but I'm just. You know, trying to not eat them all. I think you're someone who eats more eggs than anyone. Do you think that I'm a way above average, or do yeah, you think I do? You think, think you're that way most people don't average. eat? And I think Stephanie Meyer is also way above average, and yeah. she's your friend, so you think you're normal. Yeah, this is possible. <laughs> this is 100 percent possible. We did have uh, hooches and smooches last night together. She was on with me, um, Stephanie Meyer from Project Vibrancy Meals. She talked about her. Uh, she gave me some of the cilantro mint sauce. Yes, oh, which is delicious. Oh my god, I sat there on the couch last night after i'd had my tequilas and i sat there dipping my roast pork that i did last week in the ramp salt i sat there dipping it into the cilantro sauce cilantro mint sauce and she has that on her kick-ass condiments book which you can find all on freshtart.com or on project vibrancy meals by the way those sauces are amazing all right we have phil on the line hey phil what's going on today hey guys how you doing good super good great say here's a quick question okay when is the best time to pick your rhubarb? This is interesting. Say early morning. Oh, you mean like, are you talking about height? Or are you talking about time of day or what? Well, give me all, all everything. Okay. What do, do you, you got? <laughs> you've heard early morning, Hanson? Yeah, I've heard you go out in the morning and you pull versus cut. Yeah, I never cut. I always pull and I get right, my hands are right down into the bottom of the stalk and I just pop, it just pops. It just pops off if you pull it. Okay. And, and you... Uh, you would want right. to get them by, I mean, before they flower is ideal. They start to get that kind of white flowery. And by then mm-hmm. it's starting to get a little past prime, but I still use them past prime. I've still used them basically into July. And I get the ones I pull for everybody. It seems like, the you know, we go for the thickest ones and I try to get the big leaves and the thickest out of the way so that some of the others, because I have a lot of little thin ones that are yep. shooting out and I want those to get. So anything that's big and thick, even if it's shorter, I think you pull those. Because you want to get the right. air to the rest of it and yeah. some sun to the rest of it and then it will propagate and be a bigger plant in years to come. Sounds Thank good. Thank you very much, ladies. All right. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for calling, everybody. We're going to take a quick break as we wrap up this first hour. Um, We will be back. We have a lot of great things to talk about still today. We are going to talk about morale hunting because it is the perfect perfect weekend for that, according to our chef, uh, Alan Burgo. We're going to talk about some Memorial Day 70s 